What's up, everybody? Hey, it's another panic attack with Big John. Do the like, share, subscribe. And I am joined again by my original internet broadcast partner before there were podcasts, way back when there was blog talk radio. Doc, what's up, man? You said you want to talk about something. Oh, are you there, John? Yep, I'm here. You just went silent. All right, well, I'm back. You hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep, we're work. It's working now. Perfect. Hey, yeah, I was uh, sitting here at the house and I thought, hey, let's uh, see what we got here tonight. There's so much going on right now. You don't even know where to start. Oh, it's crazy times, man. So I'm reading the. Uh, th this is fascinating. And John, I think I, I um, you got internet access. Are you still yeah. bootleg? Are you still bootlegging internet? Yeah, but it's faster internet now. Okay, somebody else has faster internet. Uh, there's a guy, uh, Robert Cahaley, who heads up the uh, Trafalgar Polling Group, which is one of the most accurate polling. Uh, outfits going, you know, and it's not always good news for Republicans. Okay. But this guy, this guy has a way uh, to poll that shows the electorate as it is going to be on election day, not what, you know, maybe some people in the mainstream media want it to be. Guy's Twitter handle is at Robert Cahaley. It's uh, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, C-A-H-A-L-Y. I want to read to you this uh, series of tweets. He created a thread about 18 hours ago. They've been polling at Trafalgar Group extensively in a lot of battleground states. And, they're, and in more than battleground states, they're polling in other more blue states. And they're, what they're finding is these elections are extremely close in the blue states. I'm talking about the Washington Senate race, the New York governor's race, certain attorney general races around the country. And you sit there and you look at this and you go, how could this be so close in some of these areas? And what you, you can only be left surmising with yourself is this is just going to be an incredibly good year for Republicans. Notwithstanding what you're hearing right now out of the media that whatever red wave there was going to be isn't going to be as widespread or deep as what we think. This is poll suppression. We saw this in 2020. Yeah. When they told us that uh, Biden was going to win Wisconsin by 17 points. Right. And it wasn't even close. But I want, but let, <laughs> me, let me take a sip of Jameson here. We, Ohio State won. We can talk about that a little bit later. But I want to read this series. This is important for your listeners to hear because I don't want anyone to be discouraged heading into November and not show up to vote. Right. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of uh, suppression polls out there, a lot of things that don't add up to what I see and hear when I'm talking to people. When I'm looking at what's going on in the public and what I'm hearing people say uh, in podcasts and blogs and whatever, it's, something just ain't adding up with what some of these polls are saying. It is. So I, I've seen this before where they suppress the vote with bad polling. So what does uh, Trafalgar have to say? Robert Cahaley on Twitter. In 2016, 
Trump supporters were called deplorables and other unflattering names. This was a major contributor to the shy Trump voter. That phenomenon, which most polling outfits missed, that resulted in a major loss in public confidence for polling following the election. So what he meant there was a shy Trump voter, people who were for Trump but didn't want to tell anybody. And polling firms, polling outfits have a set way of trying to engage the electorate that they think will show up and they were missing a whole segment of the population because they couldn't figure out, even if they did survey them, what they were really supporting because they were just asking them questions that they weren't analyzing things properly. How about that? In 2016, the shy Trump voter. Right. In 2020, people who supported Trump, this is again, Robert Cahaley of the Trafalgar Group, in 2020, people who supported Trump or espoused conservative values out of step with, quote, woke culture found themselves being canceled or doxxed. This led to hidden voters that most polling undercounted. Therefore, Trump support in key battleground states exceeded expectations. So what we saw in 2020, removing the fact that there was fraud, uh, there there um, uh, was a, a subsect of voters called the hidden voters that Trafalgar says just didn't want to come out and say they were for Trump. It was uncomfortable. And so that's why you saw Biden plus 17 in Wisconsin, Biden plus three in Florida, Trump plus two in Ohio, Biden plus one or excuse me, Trump plus one in Iowa. And if you go back and look at the results in all those states, that wasn't even close to those results. Right. So they missed it. They missed the blue wave. They missed the they missed the red wave tearing down the blue wall in 2016. And they underestimated and quote suppressed uh Trump support in 2020. Now what does all of that mean? Could you imagine if you had accurate polling that was predicting that Trump was going to win in early October of 2016? Do you know how much bigger the win would have been? Because people would have, it, it's called the bandwagon effect. Right. People, people would have been like, oh, okay, this guy's going to win. Let's, I'm going with the winner. And the same thing in 2020, if they would have not had those uh, Biden plus 17 in Wisconsin and everything was as close as what it ended up to be, imagine for a moment what could have been the narrative. I'm telling you folks, this means something in the psychology of voting. Oh, so yeah, can, so Kahaley goes on. Now that the Biden administration has essentially classified MAGA Republicans as a threat to democracy, marshalling federal law enforcement to, to focus on them, this move has created a new type of voter that will be even harder to poll or to even estimate. I call this new group submerged voters. They're not putting stickers on their cars, signs in their yards, posting their opinions, or even answering polls. At this point, I think it's fair to say that Biden's pursuit of and attacks on MAGA Republicans has created an army of voters who will be virtually impossible to poll and more difficult still to estimate. The 2022 Republican turnout will likely be higher than any of the polls or models are showing. All polls will underestimate the impact of these submerged voters. Now think about that for a moment. We don't know how, we, we have seen this, okay? This isn't Kahaley 
going off. You know, first off, he could go off because he's been the most accurate pollster. But this isn't him going off. We've seen this in Ohio and in Pennsylvania, where this submerged Trump vote came out of nowhere and overwhelmed the system with support of J.D. Vance and uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. We've seen it in some other states as well. But those are two that stick out to me because that's where I live. And no one expected J.D. Vance to win the Republican primary by as large of a margin as he did. I personally was predicting three or four points, and it ended up being seven. We didn't think Oz was going to win the Pennsylvania primary, and he did. And he di- and these two people had those kinds of victories because of this submerged Trump vote. Because, and, 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 and I'll say this, what we're also seeing now in polling, not from Trafalgar, but from other places heading into 2022, is that Donald Trump is running ahead of the Republican brand. This was always something that you heard in 2016, which was, oh, the Republican brand is ahead of Trump. You know, especially in suburbs and in certain traditional Republican areas, Trump is suppressing the Republican vote. The fact of the matter is Trump won the suburbs in 2016 and in 2020 around the country. All right. And what we're seeing right now is he is running ahead of the Republican brand. So what does that mean? He is bringing in a coalition of people that pollsters, pundits, and consultants, and lobbyists have no idea is out there, and they are engaged. And who are these people? Average, ordinary Americans who are fed up and have had enough. They're taking their country back. And... Robert Cahaley is is talking about this in his series of tweets, and I think this is very important for your listeners to understand. Do not fall prey to these polls that show J.D. Vance up by one, Tim Ryan up by two in Ohio, Fetterman up by three, four, ten, eleven, whatever it is. You know, uh, here's here's the truth of the matter. If you were to really get into what Kahali is saying here, any if you are if you are under 48, 48 and under, and you're a Democrat, you're going to lose. Now, is that going to be hard and fast across the board? No, but in in essence, what? If a Democrat is at forty eight percent or under, and the Republican is within the margin of error the Democrat is going to lose. And if you're telling me that it is a competitive state, let's take a look at Michigan, for example. You're telling me Michigan is a competitive state, and there are two polls out from unnamed sources that show Gretchen Whitmer at 51% of the vote. At this point in time, if someone is at 51% of the vote, you're fairly confident they're going to win with 52-plus percent of the vote this November. Do you think Gretchen Whitmer is going to get 55% of the vote? I don't. So the poll is bullshit. And and there are people that are in this polling industry that could even break it down more conclusive than that when you take a look at how many more Democrats they are. They, they are not presenting a poll to the American people that are reflective of the environment that's going to show up, let alone asking questions of people in that particular state about who they're going to support with a full ballot in front of them that they'll see on election day. What I I mean by that is it's like, you know, they say, who are you going to vote for, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? Never mind the fact there are five other people on the ballot. Some pollsters don't even ask who these other candidates are. And what you find in some of these elections, Big John and, and listeners, is that in some elections, people are not galvanized by a political party or a, the two people. They want somebody else. So if you only give them one or two, you've skewed the poll. Right. So 
what Kahali, what Kahali is getting at here is something I want everyone to understand. There is, look, about a month ago, my opinion was that the Republican leadership was was sabotaging themselves, self sabotage. They did not right. want a huge red wave because that meant it was going to be difficult for them to maintain power and govern because you're going to bring in a whole bunch of Donald Trump MAGA Republicans to Washington, and they had a belly full of that with Tea Party people after 2010, and they don't want that. They would rather have thin majorities of people that they can work with to do nothing as opposed to large majorities to hold Democrats accountable and to, and to lead. You know, you know, maybe we have to shut the government down. Maybe we have to impeach some people because of what's been going on in the last two years. I don't know. Maybe we, you know, who knows? But they don't want to deal with that because they're trying to pay back their political benefactors and cut deals and get some things to happen. So what I'm telling you is, okay, Maybe I was wrong a, a month ago when I said that the Republicans have done such a horrible job. And there still is, I'll add, polling data that suggests that people aren't voting for Republicans because Republicans made their case that they can govern better. But maybe what's happening here is the incompetence of this of this administration is so pronounced and the economic situation is even worse than what we are feeling and what we know and what is being reported to us, mm -hmm. there is just going to be a wave of people show up to the polls that are, as Kahali says, submerged and that the pollsters can't get to them because these people don't want to talk to anybody because if they talk to somebody, the FBI is going to show up to their door. They don't want to put a sign out in their yard because the police will show up and raid their home. This is a real thing. This is what totalitarianism looks like. But they're still going to show up and vote. And they're not going to vote for the illegitimate regime and the ridiculous policies that they feel is in place right now. So what I'm saying to you is, and what I'm talking to you about right now is, this wave could be so huge coming up in November that we are even underestimating it. Now it may well, not be it may not be, but it's still gonna be a wave. But Kahali and others are saying that this is such a catastrophe for the Democrats that there is going to be significant damage. I mean, the, the, who will be left standing is the question. Not will they be able to withstand the wave. It's going to be who is left standing. Yeah, we've talked uh, quite a few times on how the Republican leadership would love to have a thin majority, not take you know sixty seats in the Senate, not take uh, 250 or more in the House and just have enough for Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy to do their deals. And, you know, the gut reaction, the gut feeling I get is there's just bigger things out there, bigger things to come. Uh, you know, I I don't see in some of these neighborhoods, like you're saying, the uh, the Trump signs, the Republican signs that we used to see. I see a lot of Democrat signs, not as many as there, there were in previous years, though. And that could be a sign of what you're talking about. They've got people scared to admit that they're MAGA. They're people that are afraid uh, for their own well-being or their business. They're afraid rioters will show up at their homes or even worse, homicidal maniacs like that that showed up at Judge Kavanaugh's home. Uh, and these polls 
don't jive with what the attitude of the country is. So I think he's on to something here. And of course, he is the expert. So let's hope and pray that what he's saying holds true because it's honestly been true the last several election cycles. Even though Trump lost supposedly in 2020, he outperformed the polls by a ridiculous margin. Uh, you know, and he probably did win the popular vote, but w whatever. Uh, he certainly won the Electoral College if things would have been done right in 2020, but we won't go there. This, uh, I think, is phenomenal news, and it adds up with what I hear friends and people talking about. What do you hear in your circles of friends and people out there? Well, you know, what I hear from people, it, you know, the, the, the crowd that I hang out with buys what they are told and what they feel. There, there's not a lot of independent analysis or digging beyond what uh, you see on the mainstream media. So what people feel like is, uh, abortion is going to be this overwhelming issue that's going to drive a bunch of Democrats out in key states. Um, Republicans nominated a bunch of hard right candidates that are going to um, suppress the gains that they normally would have had. Uh, and that Biden's legislative victories are a lot more significant to people than what uh, we are sensing at the moment. So let's take a let's unpack that backwards. I could make a significant case, and I've done so on your podcast, um, pretty good case that Joe Biden has had a solid um, uh, first two years legislatively. The problem is nobody likes the solutions, and they're not working. But I suppose you can say you've done a whole bunch of stuff because he did. And a lot of it came uh, at the uh, expense of Republican support. Uh, you know, whether it be the infrastructure bill or some of the uh, more recent, uh, 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 the pandemic bill and a couple of years ago or the inflation bill. The infl yeah, a couple other things. Now, they did not get Republican support on some of the added. Uh, expenditures uh, that just recently passed and that passed last summer that added, you know, trillions to the to the federal balance sheet. That's that is in part causing the inflation that we're suffering today. But the fact of the matter is, is that on a number of, of issues, Biden has received some bipartisan support. The problem is that isn't working. Okay. It's the people, the, 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 they had this um, celebration on the White House lawn the other day that, in, you know, to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act at the same time that they were announcing that inflation was, in fact, going up. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what was going on there. Um, what was the other two things I said? So the other thing I said was this abortion issue. Well, let me tell you what's going on with this abortion issue. The, the only measurable meter that I'm seeing in reliable polling is that it is motivating Democrats. It's not motivating independents. It's not motivating Republicans in the opposite direction of pro-life. It's motivating some Democrats. But it is still so far down the pecking order that the people that it's motivating are just those who create noise. And if you take a look at states like Michigan, who everyone out there is so excited that we have this abortion issue on the ballot after what happened in Kansas, and that's going to bring out a bunch of people. Well, I'm just going to let you know what happened in Kansas was an anomaly. It was a poorly worded ballot initiative that fed into a media narrative, and the media are liars and promoters of fake news. But the Republicans didn't help them. The pro-lifers didn't help themselves by putting this kind of ballot language on and before the people that, that, that didn't say things were illegal, 
in any circumstance, abortion was illegal in any circumstance, it said the legislature could decide what would be legal or not. In effect, overturning a Supreme Court decision that a rogue Kansas court made several years ago. Well, there were some legislators in Kansas that said, if this thing passes, we're going to ban abortions everywhere. Well, that's not the flavor in Kansas right now. Take it or, you know, there's some people that need to understand that dynamic. That there's a lot of people out there that don't do that, do not, are not in favor of banning abortions in all cases. So you had a situation where the ballot language was portrayed uh, one way than what it was actually um, present, but fed into a narrative because of what other people had to say. Uh, outs- it's a political process that effed everything up. Now, what you have in Michigan is a situation where it's the exact opposite. They're, they're saying in Michigan, this ballot proposal says you can have abortions whenever you want. So if one failed in Kansas because it was too restrictive, if the polling data is correct, then the thing in Michigan is going to fail because nobody wants to have a kid at, you know, 18, whatever months, uh, 18 weeks, 20 weeks, 25 weeks, eight months, and then having a, a you know, gender selective uh, abortion by sport beyond uh, life of the mother. And people will understand this in Michigan when the time comes, and there are people that are still missing that. So the point of all of this is, is that even on that issue of abortion, it's not going to have the impact that the Democrats want because, A, the only segment that it's motivating are people that are already motivated in their camp, and, B, the issues before the people right now in limited states are not in line with what a majority of the people have consistently said through polling data, accurate polling data. So for all of those reasons and more, I sit here and I I, I say there's no way that this is a D plus one environment. And any poll that you read that has a Democrat sample over Republicans at all is not to be taken seriously. And frankly, any poll that shows a Republican sampling advantage of anything less than three is not to be taken seriously. So if you take a Republican polling advantage of R plus three, in any state right now where you're seeing Democrats at 47 or 48 percent of the vote and Republicans at 45 with an undecided in that 5 to 6% range, that means the Republican right now, at least, is going to win. Now, plug that into what you're seeing around the country, and that will tell you how big this red wave is going to be. Despite Republicans, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, self trying to self-sabotage themselves and do nothing to capitalize on this. Folks, this is what's happening. This is going to be a huge Republican electorate coming to the polls this November. And do not be discouraged when you hear these polls saying, oh, it's only, it's D plus one or R plus one. It's going to be, yeah, in many places, it's going to be a dogfight. In Pennsylvania, it's going to be a dogfight for that governor and that Senate seat. In Wisconsin, it's going to be a dogfight. In Michigan, it's going to be a dogfight. But in in a lot of other areas, it isn't. And they're trying to suppress your vote, and they're trying to manipulate you. Mike DeWine is going to win re-election by 15 points in Ohio. J.D. Vance is going to win that Senate seat by 10. The uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona is going to win by three or four minimum. Blake Masters has a chance to win that race if the Republicans were to get off their keisters and put some money and resources down there. He is within the margin of fraud in Arizona. (laughs) Margin of fraud. Yeah, we used to call it margin of error. Now it's the margin of fraud. Right. And, And you take a look at some of the other states in Nevada, in New Hampshire, in terms of the Senate. You take a look at the Federal House of Representatives, you're going to see 
Um, the Republicans, you know, remember, um, there's a summer poll bias against Republicans. It's historic and documented. Uh, they have always underestimated Republican turnout in off-election years during the summer polling, and that's what we've been operating under. The Republicans were supposed to lose 8 to 12 seats in 2020, and they picked up 14. And they picked up two special elections since then. There are 214 seats. Um, you know, they're not going to win 80 seats like they have before just because they're in a better position what they than what they have been in the past. But that doesn't mean they're not going to pick up 40 seats. And that would be a 60-seat pickup since the insurrection. So, you know, suck on that, you know, mainstream media. And Donald Trump's still the most popular politician in the country, and he's running ahead of any other Republican brand, and he is beating Joe Biden head-to-head in every single battleground state in the country. Yeah, this is a phenomenon, uh, a little bit like what we saw in the Tea Party, but I think this is like the Tea Party on steroids. This Trump movement or MAGA movement or how is something so huge and what I always fall back to is Americans tend to vote with their wallets, their pocketbooks they we vote on and the economy stupid like 1992 right we're going to vote because look these policies and this government has brought us ridiculous inflation, food shortages, supply chain right. shortages, and it's only going to get worse the closer we get to election time. George W. Bush in 2004 was supposed to lose, but six months before the election, the economy took a shot in the arm. John Kerry was such a piece of shit. People said, look, the economy's doing good. Yeah, I don't like this war in Iraq. Defending us against the terrorists, so we think. And because the economy got better at just the right time, Bush won. Biden, the economy's been bad. It was starting to get good when he first came into office. Because the Trump. Because of Trump, because of the end of the pandemic, and then it went to shit six months later when you know he shut down pipelines and drilling and fracking, and then the inflation hit because they just kept sending money to Ukraine. They kept sending their uh, spending money on infrastructure and, and all these other things that yeah are important like infrastructure, but. Why do we need to fight a proxy war against Russia? We don't. Uh, This uh, green energy bill, total failure in Europe. Europe is in a a natural gas and coal crisis right now. And we could be so wealthy, it's ridiculous, if we were pumping out oil and gas to Europe. But we're not. Uh, It's just... People are going to see this stuff and go out and vote with their pocketbooks. Well, let's go over to shadowgovernmentstatistics.com, uh, shadowstats.com, to talk to take a look at what uh, yeah. the you know economic projections are. Since that's what since that's what we're talking about, and since that's what, that's what we feel people, um, you know, their vote is motivated on, and it isn't good. I mean, all you got to do is go to shadowstats.com. John Williams, a former uh, government statistics uh, guru with an extensive background, runs this whole thing, analysis behind and beyond government economic reporting. Uh, published this week, real, real, teal, r- real retail sales continued on track for a third quarter 2022 quarterly contraction well, August industrial production dropped uh, 0.16% in the month on top of downside revisions with capacity utilization holding 
at a deepening 0.35% shy of ever recovering uh, its August 2018 peak rate. There's all sorts of things here. This stuff isn't working out right now. The economy is imploding before our very eyes. Um, you, you, you take a look at uh, uh, their their economic flash for the last couple of days. Um, again, shadowstats.com. Uh, holding more than 40% below pre-pandemic levels, consumer sentiment was essentially unchanged in September, just 1.3 points above August after the market marked improvement in August sentiment. Consumers showed signs of uncertainty over the trajectory of the economy. So all of this crap is having very little effect. Yeah, there was a bump in August, but it hasn't changed. There's there's no upward trajectory right now. You go deeper into the numbers uh, from September the 15th. Retail sales in August of 2022 continued on track for a third quarter 2022 quarter-to-quarter drop. Retail sales. An average of headline July and August activity would yield an annualized 2.8% quarterly contraction following a 0.4% annualized gain in the second quarter. The economy in retail sales is contracting by 3%. That's what this guy's saying. All right, shit isn't good, okay? That's what we're that's what we're saying here, and it and and you can see it on this website. The guy is listing it out. Uh, it, it, um, you go back to the beginning of September, the July payroll employment quote recovery from the pandemic shutdown was fleeting. It. It disappeared in revision, shifting now to August of 2022 in context of the regular unconscionable, uh, inconsistent seasonal adjustment revision gimmicks, which never fully show where the adjustment changes have come from or gone. Meaning the government's telling you that we're adjusting things in a particular direction and we can't tell you why. So you have to question these things, and you have to feel the, these things, and look at these things, and and look at these independent sources because you sure as hell ain't gonna get it from CNN. And 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 what they're saying here, the general assessment is economic inflation, monetary and political circumstances all continue to show intensifying systemic instabilities in sharp, meaningful, near-term deterioration with a rapidly mounting risk of extremely negative inflationary economic and financial market turmoil. That is a general economic consensus. And when you look at these numbers and the fact that inflation is now going to be over 4% through next year, uh, I mean... You so you could tell me all you want that the that the unemployment rate is the lowest it's ever been, and nothing else supports that statistic being relevant at this point, because people are no longer looking for work. Yeah, the, the unemployment statistics we see aren't adding up with what we're seeing in the real world. Uh, people have given up. They've gone to other ways of getting money. Maybe they're doing odd jobs. Maybe they're just panhandling. But people aren't looking for work. Businesses are offering ridiculous hiring bonuses. Uh, you know, <clears throat> talking to a nurse the other day about the opioid crisis, I said, why, why is there this shortage of nurses? And she didn't point to vaccine uh, mandates and crap like that. She said it's getting dangerous in the hospitals because of the opioid crisis. She's like, we save lives 
and people get pissed and fight us because we ruined their buzz. And she's like, we have to explain to these people dead and we brought you back. And that's where you see hospitals in crisis mode because of a nursing shortage. And it goes back to the Biden border policy. Where do the opioids and fentanyl come from? Comes from China through Mexico. So here's another reason, something that you're not seeing in polls, something you're not getting on the radar. There is a crisis at the border and it's playing out in the, the streets of Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan. You know, small town America is hurting and they know it's because of the open border policy. So how are they going to go out and vote? Well, I can tell you how the Hispanics are going to vote that are living down there on these border towns. They're going to be voting uh, Donald Trump MAGA Republican. And we've, right. seen, we've seen we've seen evidence of that uh, through the Rio Grande Valley and through other uh, regions along the border that are dominated by Hispanic populations that overwhelmingly shifted to Donald Trump from 16 to 18 to 20. And it's looking like it's going to be even greater to 2022 because they understand that the Democrat Party is playing them all for fools and that what they're looking for here isn't some race baiting wokeism. They're looking for safe communities. They're looking for economic opportunity. And when they see their communities, uh, you know, overrun to the point where we can't help people anymore uh, of illegal aliens coming into the country and among them, among the good people, a lot of bad people, uh, the frustration is there because it threatens people's bottom line. And that doesn't mean that the people coming into this country are really at fault uh, illegally uh, because this current administration is saying, come on in. I mean, if you had an opportunity to come into this country to make your life better and you live in a really bad situation, even worse than downtown wherever in this country, uh, you would do it. So that's not the point. The point is, is that the people in these communities are seeing what's happening. They cannot help these people. They want to help, but they can no longer help. And they're breaking the law. Right. They're seeing the, the Mexican cartels coming over into their communities. They're seeing the fentanyl and opioid crisis. And they're voting their values. They're not the... Uh, the, the instant check-the-box Democrat that the Democrats were counting on a few years ago. The Democrats thought, oh, hey, look, people of color, we're going to get their vote because we've gotten the majority of the black votes since the 1960s and 70s. And the Hispanics are like, uh, no, we're not that. We're just normal people that care about God, care about our family. The, the Hispanic community are, is, uh, has some of the closest-knit families you'll ever find. You know, our uh, Americans, we don't live in multi-generational homes. Uh, let's just say white European American, but Hispanics, you still have grandma and grandpa living with their son and daughter and the kids under one roof. They're tight knit families, and the Democrats don't understand that. They're the, the furthest thing from uh, family and God oriented there is, uh, you know. They're, they're, Hispanics are not going to be race baited. In fact, I saw uh, a, the tweet from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez where she said Latinx or Latinx 
History Month, and somebody replied back to her, we are Latinos in all caps. <laughs> they don't even like her and her political correctness bullshit. Yeah, they don't get it. They're out of it. They don't. The Democrats don't get it. Um, they're out of it. What's going on in in a, you know? I tell you what. Um, a lot of the the challenges that the communities along the border, you know, white and brown, and all kinds of communities have had to face because this country under this president isn't enforcing their border uh, laws um, is significant. When you talk about, like you said, fentanyl, you talk about the human trafficking that's going on, you talk about drugs in general, uh, all of these things that these communities have to deal with when these folks show up at the border, not to mention the people who show up at the border who actually want to contribute, who actually want to work hard and, and be a part of a system, you know, they need help too. And they otherwise would not be here had it not been for these false flag um, things going on from the uh, uh, from the from, from the Biden administration, uh, but but you know, it, it, it w- what's happening right now along the border is 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 an absolute cry and shame, and the people of this country are seeing and, and, and you know just juxtapose it to this. They sent fifty illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. And after all the white liberals took selfies with the brown people that showed up, the very next day they called in the National Guard and had them all removed from their island. So right. tell me, so tell me who's got the the welcoming community? You know, sit here and tell me who is trying to take care of people. And I'll tell you, it isn't in Martha's Vineyard. No, absolutely not. You know, I meet students from Youngstown State University every day. Uh, hold on a second. I had to take... Uh, I met, you know, people from uh, Nepal. For some reason, there's a big influx of Nepalis coming to the United States uh, for education. And they love it here. They want to assimilate. They want to be Americans. But they're going through a process of getting a student visa. Uh, one young lady wanted to study psychology, and she had to change her major because psychology only got you a one-year visa. Nursing got you a five-year visa. But that's the kind of people we want. She's going to come here, stay legally, and become a nurse. Now, another one was uh, a computer technician down up in uh, uh, wherever the hell Western Michigan University is uh, up there. And, you know, she's Kalamazoo. Gonna, yeah, Kalamazoo. And be a, you know, computer tech person. And there's all these computer companies up there. You know, it, it's like, come on in, but come in legal. And the ones that are here legal feel slapped in the face by Biden and his administration because they're just let everybody in. And, you know, where are all these loving uh, Democrat liberals like Oprah with her billions of dollars that could have taken those 50 million or 50 million, yeah, 50 immigrants in and gave them, giving them safe haven? Oh, they don't want that in their neighborhood. Keep that down there at the border in the you know, the the poor Latino neighborhoods. Well, that's a slap in the face to the Latinos on the border. What I follow, um, <coughs> Myra Flores, the first Mexican-born Congresswoman elected in the United States. She's at her security and safety because it affects her family safety. This is what the Democrats are overlooking, and they're trying to blame Trump and racism and fascism and da 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 da. It's like, oh my gosh, they're just trying to blame everybody but themselves, and they know that right now, uh, 
they have a an enemy uh, right now, it, uh, po- politically speaking, anyhow, that um, they can't deal with. They, they they can deal with conservatives, but they can't. But they can't deal with people who are actually populist. People who are actually in tune with the American people. They can deal with these people who are conservative intellectuals or whatever, you know, Republican light. But the minute that you start to talk about actual issues for the American people and putting American people first. They know that their their whole game is up, and that's just that's just it. John, I'm just glad I was able to talk to you for a little bit here. Um, yeah, man, this is like the old days, just a nice conversation. You know, the, we just do this as like a couple guys sitting on a bar stool or in a a locker room or a cigar store, just sitting here shooting the shit and shooting the shit. <laughs> you know, and that's what is driving America right now is the regular guys, or we used to call ourselves a couple of hillbillies that know a lot of things. We're a lot smarter than what the Democrats think. Uh, I think we're I think we're a lot smarter than what we think. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we surprise ourselves, but hey, yeah, we're at almost one hour, so take us home with a minute or two wrap up. And then we'll uh, sign off. Hey, it's bottom line is, you know, get out and vote in November. If 74 million people show up this November that showed up two years ago on November, this thing is a wash. This this thing is over. And it's over bigly. And there's no 81 million votes going to (laughs) come. 81 million whatever is going to come back and, and, and screw this up. Uh, we've we've got them just understand you gotta vote and 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 from what i am hearing it might actually be beneficial for republicans and maga people to 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 vote not by mail but show up early if your state has early voting options show up early and vote because it'll throw off the whole algorithm on election day when people are sitting here saying, you know, A, B, C, and D, and they're trying to string this thing out and fit a narrative uh, to perpetuate a fraud. I'm not talking about machine problems or whatever. You know, they're expecting us to show up on election day. So what I'm saying is show up early, get into that early count and really mess up their day because we're there. We are going to have a historic victory this November if the people that care about this country turn out and vote, it's just that simple. And, you know, if not, then, you know, you get what you vote for. Yeah. So God, you know, God bless. And what I've been saying is, you know, there was somebody in world war one, Reagan talked about, he said he was going to fight like the outcome of the entire conflict depended on him alone. We got to vote this November like the outcome of this election depends on us alone. Your vote matters. Take a few friends to the polls. Knock on your neighbor's door. Say, hey, did you vote today? And that's how we win this, this country back and get things on the right track. So God bless everybody. Pray for each other.